0: This time on Common Grounds, we reflect on anti-Semitism. Well, hey Andy, how are you doing today? I'm just fine. I, uh, I just got over
1: a minor illness and there is nothing better than feeling well after you've been feeling bad
0: amen to that it's like you've been given a new like lease on life it seems at times absolutely you know it it
1: strikes me that and you're so much more appreciative right it somehow if we can hold on to that
0: you know yeah but it's so easy for us to forget it it's it's insane yeah so you know andy um well how uh, are you anyway oh thank you for asking um similar to you right you know we're Still coming off the the long end of, you know, COVID stuff, been having some migraines. But beyond that, doing really good. Um, Everything's going well at the church. We just entered into the season of Lent, which is a very busy but very important time for Christians. And it's a very reflective time as well. Um, So it's it's good. But it's also um, had me reflecting about, the the history of Lent in the Christian Church and and how there are heightened levels of anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic thought that have come out of this throughout history and um it, and I I recognize um, that there was a, a day of hate that we just had yeah, it, yeah, yeah it's it's unbelievable
1: you know I really wanted to talk about anti-Semitism today and and for a couple of reasons first of all. Last week in the Jewish calendar, we celebrated the holiday of Purim, um, Mm, mm -hmm. which is when we read the story of Esther, the book of Esther from the Bible, and Haman, who is the villain of the Purim story, is the prototypical anti-Semite. Yeah. He is, he tells the king, there is a certain people who don't follow your laws and traditions, and he gets the king to allow him to exterminate the entire Jewish people. And the, yeah. the book, which, thank God, ends in his downfall,
0: uh, mm-hmm. really is
1: a paradigm uh, for, for hatred against Judaism. And as you mentioned, we just, there was just this bizarre national day of hate that had been declared yeah, it's where, awful. where you know neo-nazis and others were going to target jews i mean fortunately thank god for the police and there were not to my knowledge any real incidents that occurred but even the yeah. idea of it and the thing yeah. the idea that it, it could be s- acceptable to say you know what i read recently yeah. i this this just astonished me in ohio there's a homeschooling network with 2,500 families, either individuals or families mm-hmm. in it, that are teaching their kids to be Nazis. Mm. They're teaching them about Adolf Hitler. They're teaching them the, to, to draw swastikas and to do Nazi salutes. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, ugh. it's just, I never thought that I would see this in America. I thought we were very naively. I thought we were done with it.
0: Yeah, but, but clearly it, we're not. I mean, we've been seeing increasing levels of anti-Semitism and in, in just the language and in just even the attacks. I mean, I'm thinking about the the security issues that a lot of synagogues have been dealing with these last few years and, and the bomb threats and the shooting scares. It's There's a lot of hatred and vitriolness out in our wider society right now. And yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking to think that we haven't moved past it, and yet yeah. here we um, are.
1: Not only haven't we moved past it, but at th- in the present moment, it's getting worse.
0: Definitely. Right? So. More
1: anti-Semitic incidents this year than last year, more than the year before. More religious hate crimes against Jews than any other group in this country. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, um, it makes me angry and and despair uh, and you know mm. wh- one of the things people say you know and it's almost like blaming the victim they say well why do people hate Jews <laughs> mm. do, you have a, do you have any thoughts on that by the way do you have any <laughs> what why have Jews why has this been a thing
0: yeah well yeah I do have a lot of thoughts on this and unfortunately it, it's a very dark part of I think Christian history um, I'm sure there, there are other connections into this, but at least when we look at it in the United States and when we look at it across Europe, a lot of this anti-Semitic thought and action, I mean, it, it's steeped in in what I would consider improper teaching of the Christian faith in many ways. You know, like I said, we're, we're in the season of Lent, which culminates with Holy Week and um, Jesus's crucifixion. and And there's a lot of... There's a lot of problematic theology historically that has come out of that, right? You know, we have languages in in the the Gospels where um, it it comes across as this combativeness against Jewish people and the Jewish faith, you know, that it, you know, in the Gospels that we read um, around uh, Good Friday, you know, it talks about. Um, the the crowds the uh, and, and the, the leaders of the Jewish people calling for Jesus's death. And when you look at that on a surface, and if someone has been raised up to think about themselves being better than other people, you can look at that on face value and say, oh, well, of course, like, of course, we should be treating these people differently, because look what they did to Jesus. But when you look at the actual history of what's going on that's not it at all like these are internal conversations in our scriptures within the jewish community but it, it's like there's been this lack of teaching of our our jewish roots in history and history in christianity mm. that's led to that, so that's much in, of these problematic things yeah that's
1: interesting i you know i i read all these stories um particularly around good friday and in in in, in uh, Jewish communities, in Europe, in the mm. Middle Ages, and later where, you know, priests would give these talks on Good Friday, and then everybody would go out and rampage, yeah. right? And Jews would hide in their cellars yeah. waiting, waiting for the day to end. Um, so it is— and you know we think about the crusades which you know were on their way to the holy land but when they went through the rhine land they basically decimated all the jewish communities because yeah. why wait to get the infidels uh, you know right. in the holy land when we've got some right here um, so i mean i do have trouble with this right because yeah. i am a rabbi who is an heir to the pharisees yeah and the pharisees are the ones, according to the Gospels, who are responsible for the death of Jesus. Um, You know, it's a historical question as to whether or not they had that power and the Romans did and all of that. But that aside, you know, you read those texts um, and they still do this this passion play right in in germany yeah
0: well it's well it depends on what what you call play but like in a lot of churches even here in the united states we have readings of the passion passion narratives which is you reading that section of scripture all the way through And, and again i think this is where our our lack of understanding of the history and the cultural pieces of this without that being named and taught to um, christian communities it's no wonder that some of this problematic um, theology then moves into very actionable anti-semitism i mean again you mentioned um how as a rabbi you you are a descendant upon these things well as a christian like i also understand myself as a descendant of of folks who have created and done these atrocities in the name of god and in the name of jesus which God and Jesus, at least for everything that I've seen, would never have warranted this. Um, you know, going back into this again, you know, we talk about. Um, actually, we named this a little bit at the tail end of our last episode, where there was a, a scene in the Gospels I referred to, where Jesus is talking about the Pharisees right? On the surface level, it seems like Jesus is really pushing back against this. But the historical context is Jesus was most likely a part of that portion of the Jewish community. He taught in the synagogue. He was Jewish through and through. Yes, And so we're talking about an internal conversation of how we understand God. And that is a very different understanding in where your mind is taught to, to go versus it's jesus and this little group right. of disciples I, against this whole faith right community. us and yeah. them and, yeah and, and um
1: yeah i know there's been a move to kind of re- rediscover mm. the historical jesus and the jewishness of jesus and not the least of which seems to be that the last supper was a passover
0: seder you know? right which well and even within that too you know i know christians we have to be very careful about that because in for some um congregations uh that reclaiming of jewish heritage they're like oh well great you know on, on monday thursday we should be doing a, a seder and but but that's actually removing a sacred right of the jewish faith out of its context to use as our <laughs> own so in a way of understanding we can sometimes also do right, anti-semitic right. shifting right there.
1: cultural appropriation Ex- right. exactly right, right. Well, I I am not against that, by the way. I, I yeah. I'm I'm not if it if it helps people to understand, yeah. right? Um, but you know, the question really for me is then, um, and and I I have to say also to be fair, mm-hmm. um, it goes both ways mm-hmm. because you know there there is a an old tradition which. Mm. Um, you know, Jews don't set foot in churches. Right? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't walk into a church. There were times in Jewish communities that Jews would spit on the street as they walked by a church. Really, which I didn't is know horrifying that. to know. But it's it's also kind of reactive, <laughs> right? Right. Right. So this this deep kind of antipathy, um, which comes out of a I I think begins in anti-Semitism, but begins to run both ways. There's this sense that this is who the church is and this is what they do and this is what they've done to us. Right. and it kind of poisons um, at least historically it has poisoned yeah. Jews in in terms of in terms of that
0: I, I agree and and I think that's why things like even like this podcast right are so important. I think when we historically some of the grossest atrocities, um, that comes out of a lack of awareness and recognizing the other person's dignity and, and their beinghood. And, and it's so easy to do that when we separate ourselves out and, and have no interaction with it. Like I know in, in European history, when, once the church has been, and I'm going to use the co-opt word in this because I believe it's true, but when the Christian faith was co-opted by the Roman Empire and then we became an institutionalized religion with the state, you then begin to see where theologies and teachings of the faith tradition then get warped by political power mm-hmm. and by political inclinations, which then leads to the, the the ghettos that were formed around Jewish people and having segregated sections of the city. And, um, you know, we even look into history of how there are, like, certain um, professions that Jewish people were yes. forced into. And, and what I think in all of that is, those are those walls that keep us from getting to know one another. Yeah,
1: and I'd go further in terms yeah. of the professions. You know that Jews weren't allowed to, as you say, Jews weren't allowed to uh, occupy certain professions. Yeah. Um, but so there were some few things that were open. They could mm. be tax collectors. Mm-hmm. They could be money lenders, yes. right? Bankers, right? Yeah. So, and that, of course, just fuels this idea of Jews and money and and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very convenient. Yeah. Uh, it, also, this anti-Semitism was very convenient for politicians to be able to unify the population around the hatred of this group, mm-hmm. um, and so on. I thinking about where where we are today um, and we're, we're going to talk actually in this spring about how we deal with difficult biblical texts right and Definitely slavery so. in particular um, but I'm, I'm wondering so you do have these texts yes right and um, what do you and yes you can contextualize mm-hmm. them yeah do you keep them and, and of course, you keep them. You don't. Yeah. You don't. You don't uh, censor the Bible, right? Yeah. Well, the same way but, that,
0: that y'all don't censor the Torah either. There's some right, really right? hard oh, passages absolutely. there too. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. what do you
1: what do you do with them because they are scripture?
0: Yeah. Do you read them? We do. I mean, and again, it, it's it's challenging, right? Because these very scriptures that um, parts of the church or others who have co opted the language of the church and the faith. Um, th- those scripture passages many times are also the spaces where our understanding of the Christian faith and our deep theology around who Jesus is comes out of this too. So, so it's, it's complicated mix. And I think again, right, the, the contextualization of this helps. And I also believe, sorry, I'm pausing so I can get my thoughts together. Um, Sorry, Andy. I'm still getting. Take the, your the time. We're face. editing. Yeah. What number are we at? We're fourteen. Um.
1: Said Contextualizing is important, but I also believe.
0: Yes. Where am I going with that? Uh, yeah. Contextualizing them is really important, and part of that is doing the teaching of what's actually going on in these passages. But even more than that, I think it's when they come up, um, we, we can't run from them. I think we have to own what they are, and we have to own the, the history that's attached to that. It, and I think we also need to name that there's different ways of reading and understanding these passages, and that goes to a, a deeper place of how do we understand the role of Scripture in Christianity? Are we mm-hmm. literalists in these things, or are there, is there space to interpret? And and how much of Scripture is divinely given by God and is in per, its perfected form, and how much of this is human ability and human culture and writings coming into this as well? And so I think we, we need to name that, and at least in the 20th century we've seen this I think part of why we've seen an increasing rise in anti-Semitism is we've seen a rise in l- people taking scriptural Scripture literally, word by word, and when you do that, it gets very dangerous because Scripture isn't that. Yes, it's it's a piece of 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 history and poetry and theology and it's it's conversation pieces.
1: You know, I, I'm struck by the following irony, though, mm. and. And I don't know all that much about Christianity, so you can tell me I'm completely off base. But mm-hmm. but my sense is that, you know, Jesus's death and resurrection is central. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus's role in this world, in, in addition to inspiring by example, was to die. Yeah. Right and mm-hmm. and through that death to bring redemption. I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, my own, you know. Yeah, you're doing pretty good. With it. Right. I mean, <laughs> all right. So then, even if the Jews did, in some sense, or are responsible for this, they're playing a part in this plan. Right. It, uh, so to blame them for something that, that quote, God intended, exactly.
0: I, I just— that There's an irony in it, and, and that's why I don't think that's— Again, right, so there's so much— There's so many different theologies around these things, but when we think about Jesus, for instance, and that idea of Jesus coming into the world and that it culminates with the crucifixion and Jesus' death, well, some people could look at that and say, well— yes, the Jewish people did this, so it's their fault. But we need to look at it in the much larger context, right? Of God is aware of these things. God is aware of human human hatred and hardness of heart and, and the things that we screw up. In thinking about how Jesus taught, right? Jesus didn't come for a particular group of people, Jesus came for all. And we also see in scripture where Jesus talks about that he did not come to replace the prophets and the law, he came to fulfill it. And so if we're looking at it from a Christian understanding, the irony that we're going to cast blame on something that Jesus says, I'm actually here to fulfill all these things. It's, I think that's the deeper irony for me is that how, how people can take the words of Jesus and, and twist them in some or or the moments that we have in the gospel and twist them against the very people the very religious community that nurtured Jesus that made him who he is and we look at the great pillars of the Christian faith Peter and all of the other apostles when we look at Paul all of these individuals grew up Jewish they were found you know they were formed in Jewish faith and when we look at the early church you know, after Jesus's death, his followers, they didn't run away from the synagogue. They, we were a part of that. We have historical records where there's this conversation going mm-hmm. on early on. And so I think that's something important to hold on to of where did the anti-Semitism through the Christian church come from? We don't see it present early on. It's when we get further and further removed from that, that history, and, and other competing agendas get pulled into this, and then it's warped.
1: You know, as I, I, we are talking about it, I'm, I'm also thinking about another element of this, uh, which is supersessionism, right? Mm, this this mm-hmm. idea that, that, you know, the Torah and the law was there, for, in, but people couldn't really fulfill it, it was too hard, mm-hmm. and now Jesus has come, and the rules of the game are different. Right, And Mm -hmm. so it is the Old Testament, meaning out of date, (laughs) Mm -hmm. as opposed to the New Testament, this new agreement that God now has does not require following of certain laws Mm -hmm. um, and so on. And so that idea that Judaism kind of had its day Mm -hmm. and then
0: failed to recognize the truth Mm -hmm. when it Mm -hmm. came um, is also a piece of this, I think. It is. It is. And and again, right, you know, human tendencies, we like to see things in, in black and white. We don't like gray space. And I think this is one of those spaces, right? Because again, just even looking at Jesus's own words, right? He doesn't come say, I'm coming to replace these things. I'm coming to more fully reveal them. And I think that's the way that I interpret this. Mm-hmm. And I look at it of, you know, Jesus is is more fully embodying all the things that have been gifted to us over and over again. And it's God's way of giving us continuous avenues in which to to build in um, and, and to come into relationship with God. That's really what what we're talking about in that sense. And so but that that idea of supersessionism, it's so problematic and it's so troubling. And I think this connects into some of the struggle that more progressive Christians have as well when we think about, evangelism and how we share our faith and how do we do it in a, a respectful way and in things like that um it's it, funny it, you mention that <laughs> really? right right because that is our topic next time we are
1: we are going to talk about bringing converts into the faith and spreading yeah. the word um and uh I know we have different views on this. Our religious traditions have different views on this. Definitely so. So it's, it, it should be an interesting and fruitful conversation.
0: I, I think so, too. I think so, too. And I, I'm really looking forward to it. And um, before we go, I, I do want to ask you one question. Sure. Um, again, thinking about the, the increasing anti-Semitic rhetoric and actions that we're seeing going on right now. I know that there are many, many Christians out here that wish to combat that, that want to stand in solidarity with our Jewish siblings and, and be a strong support. And I guess that, that that's the question that I have for you, is how, it, from your perspective as someone who is on the receiving end of this hatred, how how can we be a, a support? Well, a, I,
1: I think there are two levels. I think one is to let, Jewish people that you know know that when they when you see these things that it's it's terrible um, you know so that if there if there's an anti-semitic incident at at a synagogue or, or anywhere to just you know to let people know I'm with you this is terrible Um I think that statements by churches and other groups decrying anti-Semitism, words of support for the Jewish community, mm-hmm. as public as possible, because mm-hmm. that, essentially what the anti-Semites want to say is, what we're saying is what everybody believes, but we're the only ones who are willing to say it. Mm. so mm-hmm. to get up there and say no <laughs> in fact what you believe is aberrant what you believe is evil um, and we're not with you and most people aren't with you mm-hmm. and to say that loud and again and again yeah. I think that's what you can do
0: I think that's a powerful powerful um, piece of advice thank you for that Andy it, it actually brings the words um, oh I'm going to butcher them but Dietrich Bonhoeffer said them. Oh, yeah I know that's very famous yeah yeah which um yeah you know when my neighbor was taken I was silent and it goes on through and it, it's underscoring our, our common humanity and that our voice really does have power and so when we see evil we should cry out right. against it um, there,
1: there is
0: um, there is an
1: idea that silence is agreement mm-hmm. you know as long as you remain silent we can assume you agree um well, this, this has been a really
0: important conversation. I think so. And I'm sure there's more we can say about it in the future. But yes. Thank you for, for inviting us into the conversation with us today, Andy. I think it's important for all of us to be thinking about this. and Good, good. And I'm,
1: I'm glad we talked about it. And I appreciate your willingness in looking at some of these, these texts and scriptures to address it head on. Yeah, likewise. And next time
0: yeah so next time we're talking about evangelism and sharing our or spreading our faith and and converts
1: spreading our faith and um i hope that that our listeners will will come back for that and i also want to remind you that uh, we've had i don't know this is the 12th or 13th podcast we've done Mm -hmm. and you might like the last one which is about why the world needs a day of rest Mm -hmm. shabbat and and we did do that one people have A lot of people have mentioned to me the one we did on uh, what happens to us after we die. Mm. So
0: if you haven't heard it, I invite you to check it out. Common Grounds, where we don't hold back on the difficult conversations. (laughs) And uh, for those of you who've been listening, thank you. We're glad that you've been a part of the conversation. Please um, leave us a rating and a review. Like and share us with all your friends um, so that we can expand the conversation and continue changing the world through love one listen at a time. Shalom, (laughs) y'all.